Hello everyone, welcome to my channel. My name is Federico and this is Wheels on Fire. And here we are again with another podcast. Welcome everyone once again. This time we have another edition where we are going to make another summary of another race. This time the 12th race of the 2022 season, the Austrian Grand Prix. Formula One returning to Spielberg after a year. And last in the last podcast we were talking about Last week, and specifically, we were talking about how good the Silverstone Grand Prix was. The fact that it was definitely a race to be candidate for best race of the season, even best race in a while. Now, the Austrian Grand Prix was really, really good as well. Also, maybe another candidate to a potential uh, best race of the season. But... We saw everything. The, the thing is that we saw absolutely everything throughout the weekend from the beginning until the end. So definitely, I think it's, we have a lot to talk about and it is definitely worth it to be talking about basically what happened the whole weekend. But to begin with, I think it would be very special to start talking about what happened in the sprint race. Overall, I have to admit that the sprint race was was a nice race, was special, short, but nice, it went uh, It went by really fast. First happened with a very dominant performance, uh, starting first after a very successful pole position the day before on Friday, and during the, the sprint race, he did absolutely everything perfect. Uh, Leclerc and Sainz were also very consistent, they kept their positions, even though they didn't have the same pace as uh, Red Bull for, from, from uh, Verstappen. We have to say that Sergio Perez's performance during the sprint race was really good. After his uh, lap time got deleted the day before, he had to start from 13th and he went all the way up to P5. So that's, uh, that's a really good result. Um, the Mercedes recovered pretty well, considering that both of them crashed uh, in the qualifying session. They were, the mechanics were able to repair the cars. No damage at all, no problems at all for Mercedes, so they did a pretty consistent job. Um, and then, well, uh, clearly the biggest highlight of the of the sprint race, I would say of the weekend in general, but let's start with the sprint race, were the Haas team, right? They, not only because they did an excellent job, uh, but also I feel like the battle that we saw for that eighth place between Hamilton and Mick Schumacher was great. Uh, Definitely, again, basically the highlight of the uh, of the race. In the end, we know that Hamilton was able to overtake Mick, who was quite frustrated at the team in the end for uh, because he potentially he could have gotten another point. But still, it was a great performance by him, and, and definitely he he gains a lot of knowledge from a, a fight from a battle like this one. He was a, not only able to take advantage of the fact that he used the the DRS, but at the same time he place the car in the perfect positions because defending already is very hard and doing it against a seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton well it's even harder it requires quite a lot of experience it requires quite a lot of courage you have to be brave you have to be talented and you have to be very very focused all right because the, the most likely you could make a, a big mistake or even with just a small mistake then is enough for someone like Lewis Hamilton to take the advantage and actually overtake you. So in that case, 
even though in the end Hamilton overtook him. Again, congratulations to Mick Schumacher and this kind of battles shows uh, how much he's progressing, but at the same time, these kind of battles actually make him learn a lot, which is actually the biggest objective right now for him. But talking about the race in general, well, we saw a lot from the beginning to the end. Honestly, we entered to the race thinking that the Red Bull was going to be faster, especially Max, considering what we have basically what we have been seeing throughout the whole weekend, qualifying session where Verstappen was slightly faster, sprint race where the difference was a little bit bigger. So we thought that it was going to be another weekend of domination from Red Bull and that Ferrari, maybe their best result would be to uh, try and see if they can get a double podium, second and third place, see if they can get bigger amount of points in the Constructors' Championship. But in the end, honestly, the Ferraris on Sunday were on fire, honestly. Um, the strategy was excellent. The, I remember, well, a few races ago, we were criticizing uh, what Ferrari was doing uh, with the amount of failures they were having, the amount of, uh, well, the strategy that wasn't working. But this time, I mean, for Leclerc, it was a perfect race. He overtook Verstappen three times in the race, which is something that not everybody can do. And the overtakes were simply beautiful. Uh, the tires worked better, uh, the, 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 considering the fact that they were having the same tires. But Ferrari was able to keep the tires for a little bit longer, then make the stop at the perfect moment. And by that time, then Leclerc was simply much faster. All right. Sainz was also really fast. Unfortunately, we know that he had a big engine failure that his car basically went on fire. Thank God nothing happened to him because he was dangerous. Uh, but yes, he was. The, the thing is that for a Ferrari fan and for the team in general, probably they feel half happy and half frustrated. Happy because, well, Leclerc won the race and it's his third win of the season, his fifth one as a Ferrari driver. Uh, he definitely needed this kind of wins. It's a second win in a row for Ferrari in general. But it could have been, it would have been definitely a one-two if it wasn't for because Sainz was much faster than Verstappen, and if it wasn't for that failure, then yes, it would have been a one-two, and those are once again a lot of points that the team lost. Uh, I know that Sainz is probably very frustrated because last week in Silverstone he won his first race, and here his performance was great, very consistent throughout the whole weekend, throughout the whole race, and unfortunately. This failure actually cost him the race, a potential P2, and yes, definitely uh, a lot of points. But he's going to definitely have some payback because you know that the, the pace is there, right? The competitiveness is there. Everything is there. He just needs a little bit of luck, I would say, because he's even really good at doing strategies. And that is the reason why he won last week at Silverstone. So the potential and the pace are there. So he will definitely get payback from this. First happen on the other hand, I mean, he wasn't as fast. He's, I mean, P2 is a pretty good result. It's only, he only lost five points to Leclerc. So it's definitely business for him. But he wasn't as fast as we, as we thought. He had to pit way earlier than the Ferraris. Uh, the tires weren't working pretty well for them. I don't really know what happened, but he definitely wasn't as fast. And the strategy is not that it was bad. The thing is that as his performance wasn't as good as uh, compared to the Ferrari drivers, then simply 
he couldn't do a better strategy. That's, that's what happened here. And also, the other thing is what happened to Sergio Perez, right? Because he could have been in the battle between the Ferraris and maybe with that, make a better strategy. But the problem is that Perez, who had a lot of potential to be there and get another podium and everything, we know how successful this season has been so far for him, even better than the other one. But the problem is that he made exactly the same mistake that he did last, uh, last year in Austria. First lap, he was trying to overtake from the outside in that turn four, and he and then he had an, uh, an impact. He had the incident with, the, with another driver, and he went out and lost every position, right? Went to the end, had to make the pit stop. This year, it was against George Russell, who, who then got a five-second penalty. Last year, it was against Lando Norris. Same exact position, same exact lap, same exact result. So it's really a shame because it's the, second, it's the same mistake that he made before with the same result in the end. So, and we perfectly know that the race is long after all. So for Perez, honestly, yeah, maybe he wasn't going to be able to overtake Russell in the first lap, but maybe the second, third lap, once, once the DRS is uh, available, maybe at that time, he was definitely going to be able to overtake Russell. He had more pace and the car is up to this moment, he's more, it's more competitive. So, but, the, but that's the thing, you know, that the race is long, 71 laps in total. So he, he could, if it wasn't for that, he would have definitely been there fighting uh, with similar pace compared to Verstappen, probably fighting against the Ferraris. Russell probably would have been in P5, far away from them. Uh, but yes, whatever happened, that's the, that's the big problem. And then Russell, of course, clearly uh, didn't have any benefit at all because he had to serve the five-time five second penalty. He went to the back of the grid. It is true that he's probably one of the drivers of the day because, honestly, recovering after that, ending in a P4 after being all the way down to P19, honestly, it's a, it's a great result for him. So he's clearly potentially one of the drivers of the day. But, well... So, so for, for, for Russell, it was a good result. It was, it was the best he could get, honestly. But not for Paris, clearly. But we have to talk about, as well, not only George Russell, but we have to talk about his teammate, right? Lewis Hamilton. Once again, finishing in P3, third podium in a row, third P3 in a row. Hamilton has been, so far, he's improving a lot this season. He's becoming very consistent, which we can honestly start talking about Mercedes in general, right? Not just Lewis Hamilton, not just George Russell, who has been extremely consistent throughout the whole year. <laughs> That's why they call him Mr. Consistency. There's a reason for that. And his rookie season in Mercedes is, is simply great, probably even better than what everyone was expecting, right? Considering how hard it is to drive a Mercedes and, and, and the fact that you need to have a big personality to have Hamilton as a teammate and to even be ahead of him in the championship after almost half of the season is done. But the thing is that the, we know that the Mercedes as a team in general has had a lot of uh, struggles from the beginning of the season, struggles with the car, uh, with the pace in general, Hamilton that was clearly feeling very uncomfortable, very unhappy, the, this uh, purpose in that started appearing this, uh, this season clearly is not benefiting some of the 
some some drivers, especially those ones that have been in Formula One for for a longer amount of time, we can see Hamilton really suffering that. His body is really suffering that. Um, but it seems that the Mercedes really were able to little by little improve their car and basically find the weaknesses that the car was having. Maybe just small things, very, very small things that the car was actually uh, having so to make them struggle, to not make them as competitive as they were last year or compared to Ferrari and Red Bull, the top two teams. So we are seeing really Mercedes uh, improving a lot, little by little, getting closer and closer to the top teams. And I, I feel like they, like they still need more to actually fight for the championship, to actually uh, be in the level where the Red Bull and the Ferrari are. But they are definitely getting closer. And if we compare how they were around four or five races ago, this is definitely a huge improvement for both drivers, okay? And especially Hamilton, especially Hamilton. So this is why I'm really glad that Mercedes is improving. And I'm really glad that we can actually see three teams that are very competitive, all right? Uh, it gives clearly more excitement. Uh, it gives, for the teams, it's also a way to like start paying more attention because the 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 more the amount of drivers that are fighting for the for both the drivers and constructors championship then the better everything is going to get and the drivers will have to pay more attention and and to keep fighting till the very end that's definitely going to be very exciting and after all as fans it is exactly what we want to see right it is exactly what we want to see but even the midfield teams i feel that this year they are improving a lot, all right? Some teams that maybe last season weren't in the, in the midfield area, that they have been improving a lot. Some teams that they were last year there, but they are improving even more. And for, for that, we may be talking about two teams in particular. First of all, Alpine. We, we know that last year they have been a midfield team. They have been a midfield team for quite a few years now. But I have the feeling that this year they have been improving even more. Alonso, who was very unlucky, very unlucky with some pit stops that he had, one time that it was a wrong tire, the other time that they had to pit again in order to prevent uh, a penalization. And he, in the end, he finished P10, but if not, it would have been better. But then you have Esteban Ocon, who finished a very solid P5. Honestly, he was, he was clearly the best of the rest uh, in terms of pace, in terms of everything. His position was not threatened at all, honestly, by the rest. It was not threatened at all, which I feel it is the reason why it was so special. He's having a great season, much better than the last one. And Alpine in general as a car, as a team, is improving so much. He became much more competitive. I have the feeling that Alonso and Ocon as teammates are great together. They have good chemistry. Ocon is definitely learning a lot from someone like Alonso, who has so many years of experience, so many achievements. Um, so that's why I have the feeling that things are going well for Alpine and things could be getting better and better for them. But at the same time, we also have to talk about Haas. If, because if we want to talk about improvement, then the Haas team is definitely the right one to talk about. Uh, we know that not only last season, but the last few, they were struggling so much even to get out of Q1. They were always last. 
they were far away from the rest and they were very frustrated but this season they have been improving so much Magnussen came definitely gave a lot to the team but the car became more competitive and this time probably the Haas were one of the best teams in the whole weekend both of them finished inside the top 10 in the sprint race well in the qualifying that both got to Q3 the sprint race and then the race itself on Sunday yesterday was even better because Mick Schumacher on the one hand named as driver of the day finished P6 his best F1 finish ever after battling with Hamilton again battling with with Verstappen like last week for a little bit even battling with Alonso it's just insane battling three world champions and and doing it great then that's perfect we saw that in the sprint race We saw that yesterday at the actual race. And finishing P6 is simply the best result that he could get, honestly. It was great, honestly. It was great. And Magnussen, Magnussen is not that far away because he finished P8. It's true that throughout the race he was ahead of his teammate. But still, it is a great result, okay? And for the Haas team, those results, getting 12 points in total... Is definitely great. Now they are seventh in the um, in the constructors' championship. Mick Schumacher that went from last year having no points at all. Now he has 12. He scored points for the second race in a row. This is definitely getting better, better and better. We were saying last week how much he has, he was improving, how much his pace was improving overall. And this week, not only he showed it, but he even showed a huge progress in terms of pace. Uh, consistency, result, absolutely everything. And of course, the, the, the team itself is getting better and that's the reason why someone like Mick Schumacher can actually improve. But what can I say? It's, uh, he's definitely going to be... Uh, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty positive that, that, that the rest of the season will be even better for him, for the team overall. And I'm pretty sure that his father, Michael, will be very proud of him of what he's doing right now, and pretty sure of what he's going to be doing in the future. All right, it's, it's still too early to talk. We have to live in the present. But again, I I feel personally, I feel really happy for Mick because it's the, it's the improvement that we have been seeing lately. It's the hard work that they have been putting and everything is simply going in a positive way for him and for the team and the relationship that they have the fact that with his teammate Magnussen, they, they have a pretty good relationship, good chemistry. So everything works pretty well. And after all, that's, uh, that's a really important thing. But not everything was really happy ending for everyone in the team. We were talking about mo- most of the drivers who really had a good performance throughout the race and the whole weekend overall. Uh, but we know, for example, that Alex Albon may feel quite disappointed because he potentially could have finished P10, right? Uh, so unfortunately, he, he had a good performance, but unfortunately he simply wasn't close. Uh, sorry, he was close, but unfortunately he couldn't get it. That, so maybe that's uh, quite a disappointment for him, at least, that he definitely wanted the points and he did it before and he's capable of getting those. So in that sense... It is definitely a shame that he couldn't do it. <clears throat> then we we could also talk about Alpha Tauri, especially Pierre Gasly, who was involved in 
quite a few incidents. He had time penalties even for for well for incidents for uh, for track limits for everything in general. So he definitely had a pretty bad weekend, second weekend that is quite bad for him, for the team overall. Um, Alfa Romeo also had a poor weekend. Both drivers couldn't do much, really. Uh, Bottas, who even had to start from the pit lane. Uh, yes, they, could, they couldn't do much, honestly. Aston Martin, more, more, more of the same thing. Vettel, who unfortunately was involved in many, in many incidents. Not really because of him. It wasn't his fault, but in the end he was involved. He started the race in last place. Sprint race was much of the same. And yes, the race, he could finish it, but it wasn't really... It wasn't really what he was expecting, clearly, right? So, so yes, another quite disappointing performance from Aston Martin. Um, and it, it, is, uh, it is really a shame that, the, that this happened. We could also be talking about McLaren, who definitely improved a lot from last week. Uh, Lando Norris, who finished in P7. At least it is a better result than what he got. Especially considering that he, had, that he was having a disappointing weekend. But at least in the race, those, uh, those six points are important. He had pace. He, the strategies were good. The tires were working. So I guess that's a, a pretty positive thing. Something to take into account for the team. And in the case of his teammate, Daniel Ricciardo, well, he, he was far away from Lando Norris. He's still kind of getting that uh, in that pace. And I really doubt that he will get to that one, for now at least. But well, at least he finished inside the points. He finished in P9. And I know that the team wants more. I know that they were in a much better position last year. But well, at least, little by little, they are able to improve. At least this time, the pace was better in the race. Especially, I mean, the, the start of the weekend was horrible for them. Ricciardo getting knocked out in Q1. Lando Norris getting knocked out in Q2. Far away from entering Q3. The sprint race was pretty similar. But then the race, yes, they, they, they definitely improved a lot. All right? And the fact that both of them were able to score points, then yes, that's definitely positive. But now Alpine and, and McLaren are really fighting for the fourth place because they are both tied in the Constructors' Championship for 51 points. And Alpine started much uh, further back. But now with the performance from both drivers, Alonso getting P5 in Silverstone, now Ocon getting P5 here in Austria, then they are definitely scoring a lot of points. So that's something really important to, to actually take into account. But overall, as a conclusion, I would say that the race was, was excellent, honestly. Everything that we saw was great. The environment, some results that were surprising, some of them were clearly positive, some of them negative in the sense of <laughs> clearly not everyone, not everyone is going to be happy with their performance, but still it was a, a pretty solid race, very entertaining from the beginning to the end. Uh, there were some moments, even at the beginning of the race, where there were five cars battling for 10th place, like it happened last week after the, the restart with the safety car. And yes, I mean, everything, everything was interesting in, in this race. Fun fact, or I would say interesting fact, there were a total of 43 warnings of track limits. 43 times that the track limits were abused by every driver combined. 
Some of them got penalties. Some of them black and white flags. Some of them just warnings. But that's probably the biggest number in a while. I don't know if in history, but definitely, but definitely in a while. And this shows in, in a certain way how tricky this track is because it's a very fast track where you definitely want, want to get the best, the best time possible, the best pace possible, as, as it is possible, and it just happens. It just really happens. But I wonder if there would be a solution to this because if this is the scenario that we're going to see every single race, then there is going to be a big problem. After all, it's very difficult in tracks like this one, they are great, but it is very difficult to avoid those track limits, right? Especially if you're looking for more and more pace. So, especially, and especially now that the cars are getting bigger and bigger. So that's, I, I guess that's definitely something that will be, that will be important to analyze from the, from the FIA, from the teams in general, absolutely everything. But yes, that's the interesting fact from this Austrian Grand Prix. It was definitely a pleasure to see another solid race, very entertaining uh, the next race is going to be in France in two weeks. We're getting closer and closer to half of the season. And yes, the battle for both the Drivers and Constructors Championship is definitely getting very, very exciting, especially now with Mercedes little by little becoming more competitive and getting into the battle. Ferrari, who seems to have recovered. Red Bull, who, seem, who still who didn't win these last two races, but still... Very consistent, always there, especially with someone like Max. We know we know how good he is. That's the reason why he's a world champion right now. So yes, overall, very solid race, and most of the things actually really, really nice to to talk about. And well, this has been the end of the podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. I hope you also really enjoyed the race as I did. And as I always say. Thank you very much and see you in the next podcast.